If you notice the board from Wednesday, the bulletin board outside, you would notice that it says, Save soul, useless life. Save soul in heaven, useless life on earth. I find encouragement when I go to the Word and study the men and women who live before us and how they live their lives. I also look at how they served the Lord in the past. I find hope for me and you when I study them. Paul wrote to the Roman believers in chapter 15, and verse number 4, he said something, and this is what he said. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. In other words, the things in this book, they were written for our learning. That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. I thank God for the Bible. It is because of the Bible where I find my hope. As I do my research, I have found some solemn warnings about the dangers and pitfalls which confront us. Solemn warnings of the dangers and pitfalls which confront us. Paul wrote to the Corinthian believers in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, and verse number 12, he said these words. But all these work at that one and the self same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse number 11 and verse number 12. Now all these things happen unto them for examples, and they are written for your admonition, upon whom the end of the world are come. Therefore, let him that thinketh he stand, take heed, lest he fall. As I look at the life of this man, Lot, the scripture gives a sad picture of him. We see him as a man who was saved and referred to as that righteous man. Notice where he started. A man that was saved and referred to in Scripture as that righteous man. For Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, down to verse number 9, here's what he said. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemn them with an overthrow, making them examples unto those that after should live ungodly. He said he, he did some things so that people would understand. He did this so that we can have some examples. But when he did that, the scripture says, and delivered just lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelleth among them. Those were the scriptures said about Lot. 
that righteous man dwelleth among them, in seeing and hearing, vex his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Look at verse number nine. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation, and he reserved the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. In the New Testament, or in the New Testament language, Lot was a saved man. But he became a worldly Christian. Whose soul was saved, but his life was useless to God. Saved man, worldly Christian, life useless to the Lord. This all took place because he lived for self. Are you with me, church? His life became useless for the Lord because he was living for self. Lot was in bondage to things. He became involved in the evils of the day. If we follow him around, we would see how he lived his life and the results by the way he lived his life. Number one, as I follow a lot around in the scripture, I have noticed that this righteous man, he preferred to walk by sight and not by faith. I want you to stay with me now. He preferred, he was a righteous man, saved, but he made a choice to walk by sight and not by faith. May I tell you, the true child of God is seen as one who walks by faith and one who trusts the Lord. Walking by faith, for the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian believers in the second letter, in the fifth chapter, in the seventh verse he said, for we walk by faith. And not by sight. The we here include all believers. He say, as believers, our walk is a walk of faith. Our walk is not a walk of sight. May I say to you this morning that the worldly believer walks by sight. The worldly believer, he or she, walks by sight. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2 and verse number 4, the Bible says, Behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Lot forgot this. He forgot that it was God that was taking care of him all the time. And he, at one point, he believed that he must have a part with in this and make sure that he's taken care of the way he desired. And he began walking by sight. The things that he saw were the things that he wanted. And not walking by faith. In Romans chapter 1 and verse number 17, the Bible says, 
For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. As born again believers, I want to remind you this morning that you may not see it all clear in your eyes. But if God is leading, all you need to do is follow him. And he will lead you, and you as you follow him by faith. Paul wrote to the Galatian believers in chapter 3 and verse 11. He says, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident. For the just shall live by faith. Oh, how I want you to be reminded of this this day. That each and every one of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, God wants us to live by faith. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 38, the Bible says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Believers, God expects us to live by faith, to trust him. You say, but, but pastor, it is so hard for us to trust. It is so hard for us to have faith. You know, it is hard for us to have faith where we think it is hard. Because all of us have faith. I've, I've demonstrated to you, all of us trust. I've demonstrated to you, I can prove to every one of you that all of you trust somebody or something. Every one of you. I can prove to you this morning that all of you have faith in somebody or in something. Every one of you. You notice those folks? They have trust in those wheelchairs. How about you? You have trust in the pews. You came in and you sat in that pew. You didn't, you didn't look to see how many people sitting on it to, to see if it would keep you up. But you believe that the pew would keep you up, folks, just like you could trust in a piece of wood and some screws. Watch. Trust in God, for he will take care of you. When you look at the choices that Lot made, you can clearly see that this man lived by sight and not by faith. Come with me in your Bibles to chapter 13 of Genesis, verse number 1 to verse number 11. I'm going to draw a few things as we read from this portion of Scripture so that you can see what I'm talking about. Look at this. And Abram, watch this, did what? Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. Abram could have left him. He wasn't Abram's child. He was Abraham's nephew, but he was with Abram, and when Abram came out of Egypt, he brought Lot out of Egypt with him. Watch this. The Bible said, and Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. So you know that Lot was in good standing, living in a home where the master is rich. Yeah, the master is rich. And verse 3 says, and he went on his journey from the south even to Bethel unto the place where his tent had been at the beginning, uh, uh, beginning between Bethel and here. I want you to notice that Abraham, because he knew that he was a sojourner, he would not settle down anywhere he would go. Wherever God would carry him, he would just pitch a tent knowing that he would have to take it up and move on again. Notice, this is what this great man of God did. And, I, and notice what he did also. Unto the place of the altar which he had made there at the force, and there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Abraham, a man of God, 
everywhere that he would go, one of the first things that he would do is to find himself an altar where he would pray to God. What a man. What a man. He knew that it is God who brought him here, and he would always find a place where he would pray to God. So he would build an altar. Verse number 5 says, And Lot also, which went with Abraham, had flocks and herds and tents. Verse 6, And the land was not able to bear them, that they might dwell together, for their substance was great, so that they could not dwell together. God did promise Abraham that he's going to bless him. He has blessed them so well that now they have so much that they are finding it very difficult for he and his nephew to dwell together because of the abundance of the blessings that God has blessed them with. Watch this. And there was a strife between the herdmen of Abraham's cattle and the herdmen of Lot's cattle. In other words, they are out there. They are trying to feed the cattle, find places where they could feed and they're having confusion because of the blessing. They're having so, they got so much cattle, and they're having confusion. And the Canaanites and the Parasites dwell then in the land. Verse number 8. And Abraham said unto Lot, I love this. I love this. I love this. What did Abraham say to Lot? Abraham said, let there be no strife. Anytime that you are in tone with God, one of the things that you want to make sure that there is no strife. You will always make sure that there is no strife. So he said, let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdmen and the thy herdmen, for we are brethren. It doesn't make sense for us to be fighting among ourselves because we are brethren. And church, I want to remind you this morning, there should be no need for fight among brethren. No need, absolutely, for fight among. Brethren must be able to sit down and understand what the Word of God says. And as brethren, we must be willing to conform to the Word of God. There should never be strife because the Word of God has it all laid down how things are to be done. In verse number 9, the Bible says, Is not the whole land before thee? Who is speaking? Who is speaking? Abram is speaking. Who God gave it to? Who it belonged to? Abraham. And he, it belonged to Abram. And Abram is saying to his nephew, watch. He said, it's not the whole land before thee. He said, Abraham is saying, separate thyself. Hey, folks, whenever there is strife and you cannot come to an agreement, it is time to separate yourself. Whenever there is strife and you cannot come to an agreement, especially when it comes to God and the people of God, it is time to separate yourself. So the scripture says, he says, separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. That's his nephew. He said, separate yourself from me. He says, if thou wilt take the left hand, then I'll go to the right. Or will thou depart to the right hand, then I'll go to the left. Abraham didn't say, listen, this is for me, and that's for you. Abraham said, you make up your mind. Whatever you want, whatever you don't want, I'll take. Whatever you want, you take. What a man of God. He says, you, you take what you want. Because what? Even if you give me a spot that's not green, I know my God is going to bless me, and it's going to come green. 
So he says, whatever you don't want, you give me. Anything you want, you take. You take. And watch this. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing this point to you where he, he, the choices that he made that we can clearly see that he lived by sight. Now I'm coming to it. Watch this. And Lot lifted up his... What did he do? Abraham said, I pray thee. But Lot said, I see thee. Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld. Watch this. Beheld what? All the plains of Jordan. That what had happened to the plain? That it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zohar. What did he do? He went and he looked over all the property. You're giving me an opportunity whereby I must choose what I want. Watch. And you know how self is. You know how self is. Self always wants the best. You see, whenever you are governed by self, it will always be about you. It will, it will never be about the other person. It will always be about you, about you, about you, and not about the other person. But, but this man was governed by self, but Abraham was not governed by self. So it was not about Abraham, but Lot wanted to make sure that it was about him. The Bible says, then Lot chose. What did he choose? Then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan. Watch that. Because he looked at it and he noted it was well watered. It was green. So if my cattle get here, they're going to be well fed. So Lot, he chose him all the plain of Jordan. And Lot joined east and they separated themselves one from the other. Watch that. Abraham, Abram did not cuss with him. That's what you want? You would believe that Lot would have realized that this really ain't mine. This is something that somebody's sharing with me. And because it is something that somebody's sharing with me, I must have a conscience. I must have a conscience. But when he saw it, he decided, this is what I wanted. He lifted up his eyes, and when he beheld the plain of Sodom, he decided this is what he wanted, and he took it. May I share something else with you? In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 18, the Bible says, Why we look not on the things which are seen, but on the things which are not seen. Are you with me, church? He said, we are not to focus on the things that we can see before our eyes, the things that look good, the things that, are, that we think that everything is there for us. He says, why we look not on the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. And he says something. Here's what he said. He says, for the things which are seen. Get this now. Get this, church. Stay with me. Yeah, you're a customer here in Baby's Cry. Come on. No matter about that. The things which are seen are? The things which are seen are? You didn't hear me. The things which are seen are? You didn't see it. The things which are seen are? Temporal. In other words, they will not last forever. The things which are seen are temporal. But this verse qualifies itself. It says, but the things which are not seen which things you prefer? Which things you prefer? Lot preferred the things that were seen, and Abraham preferred the things that were not seen because Lot was walking for here and now, but Abraham was studying eternity. And man, it looks like he was doing well down here. 
May I say something else to you this morning? The world of Christian lays up treasures on earth and has no treasure in heaven. Did you hear what I said? The world of Christian lays up treasures on earth but has no treasure in heaven. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, the 19th and 20th verse, we are admonished. For he said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. In other words, he is reminding us that when we lay it up on earth, chances are it can rust. Chances are, watch, the moth can eat it. Chances are, when you put it underneath your bed, thieves could break through and steal it. So you, you, you don't even have it safe these days. Even if you got it in the bank, it's not safe. Because all you need to hear is the bank rub. And anytime you hear about bank rub, you rupture too. Because everything that you got there, rub. So he says we are to be careful laying up treasures in heaven. I'll be the first pastor to tell you that when you walk, make sure that you save something from what you work for. But make sure that your savings are not all done down here on planet Earth. Notice what he said in verse number 20. He says, but lay up for yourself. Watch this. But lay up for yourself. What? Treasures in heaven. Now, last Sunday, some of you made a sacrifice. You made a sacrifice. You probably did without some things this week because you made the sacrifice to make sure that those folks in the Bahamas got a little help. Guess what? That is laying up treasures in heaven. Some folks decided, you know what? I don't want to do that. I'm going to put mine aside. I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to do what I want with my one. That's laying up treasures on earth. He says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Why should we lay them up in heaven? He said, in heaven where your treasures are laid up, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. In other words, when you lay up treasures on earth, chances are you can lose them. But when you lay up treasures in heaven, they are secured. They are secured and secured for all eternity. Secured for all eternity. May I say something else to you today? The worldly Christian who walks by sight adopt the world standards and live by the wisdom of the world. I want to say it again. The worldly Christians who walk by sight adopt the world standards and live by the wisdom of the world. I like how Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, down to verse number 7. Uh, there's only one way I know to preach, and that is to preach the scriptures. That's all I know. That's all I know. When, when I tell you that the sky is gray, I go back to the scripture and tell you, this is why I believe that the sky is gray, because of what the Bible says. That's the only way I know to preach. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, not by how good I could uh, articulate words. No, 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 no. The Bible says, the Bible says, for if I make you sorry. Who is he that maketh me glad? But the same which is made sorrow 
uh, sorrow by me. In other words, he's speaking to the, the, the Corinthian believers. He says, if I hurt you to make you sorry, I want you to know that you are the very same people that will make me glad. So I don't intend to hurt you to make you sorry because you, you care so much for me, you make me glad. He says, but I wrote this same unto you, lest when I come, I should have sorrow from them of whom I ought to rejoice, having confidence in you that my joy is the joy of you all. In other words, he's saying, what I'm saying to you may be a little bit tough, but it's better that I say to you now than wait until I come, then you will be sorrow and I will be sorrowful. So he says, this is not something that I intend to do. He says, for out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote unto you with many tears, not that ye should be grieve, but that ye might know the love which I have more abundantly on you. I am trying to prove to you that the world of Christian who walks by sight adopt the world standards and live by the wisdom of the world. He says, but if any have caused grief, he hath not, he hath not grieved me, but in part, that I may not be chargeable or that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment which was inflicted of many. So that, contrarywise, you ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with much sorrow. John writes in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 15 to verse number 17, he says, Love not the world, neither the things of the world, he says, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, and Lot got himself tangled up in the world, he said, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. 